Casey et al., 2011, Neural Correlates of Delay of Gratification Background Delay of gratification can be defined as the process through which a person resists the temptation of an immediate reward in favour of a larger or more permanent reward later on. A growing body of research has investigated delay of gratification and how it applies and manifests in other areas of a person's life. For example, it has been linked with higher levels of academic success, better mental and physical health, social skills and more. Specifically, previous research has showed that children's performance on a delay of gratification task can have a high level of predictive validity for their later performance on a go-no-go task. This type of task involves participants being asked to respond in a particular way to certain types of stimulus that is presented to them. For example, a test on a computer where participants have to click their mouse when a happy face appears and not click when a non-smiling face appears. The reason researchers might use a test like this to measure the delay of gratification is because previous studies that used fMRI scanners have shown that people's brains usually show activity in areas associated with gratification during a go-no-go task. Specifically, this brain activity occurs when the participant clicks or presses a button during the task and it is delayed when they don't click. So it's a useful way to measure what happens in the brain when delay of gratification occurs. Aim the researchers in Casey et al. wanted to investigate whether delay of gratification in children would predict the ability to control impulses and sensitivity to alluring or social cues at both the neural and behavioural level when the participant reached adulthood. Sample The participants in the study initially consisted of 117 children, aged 4 years old, from a nursery school in Stanford, California. Of those original participants, 59 of them were then studied again in their 40s, taking part in the first of Casey's experiments. A further 26 were then studied in the second experiment. Methodology The study by Casey et al. was longitudinal, conducted over several years with the same group of participants. The study was also a quasi-experiment, since the independent variables were naturally occurring. Participants were categorised into either high-delay or low-delaying groups, depending on their performance in a delay of gratification task, which was conducted before the main experiments. The dependent variable was the participants' performance on the go-no-go task, where their reaction times and number of correct and incorrect responses were measured. Their brain activity was also measured during the go-no-go task using an fMRI scanner. Procedure In the first experiment, 59 participants took part in a go-no-go task. They were categorised as either high delayers or low delayers based on the delay of gratification task they had completed when they were children. 32 of the participants were classed as high delayers, and 27 were classed as low delayers. The participants were instructed to complete two versions of a go-no-go task, a cool version of the task and a hot version of the task. Both versions were completed at the participants' homes via a laptop that was sent to them. In the cool version of the task, the participants had to look at the computer screen while individual images of male and female faces were presented. One of the sexes was allocated as the go stimulus, or target, to which the participants were instructed to press a button if they saw them, and the other sex was allocated as the no-go stimulus, or non-target, which they were instructed to withhold a button press. The hot version of the task was identical to the cool version, except that fearful and happy facial expressions served as the go or no-go stimuli instead of male and female. Before the start of each session, a screen would appear before the test to notify the participants which stimulus would be allocated as their target stimulus. The participants were also instructed to respond to the go stimuli as quickly and accurately as possible during the test, 
Each face was presented for 500 milliseconds, followed by an interval of one second before the next stimulus appeared. In total, 160 trials were shown per test, consisting of 120 ghost stimuli and 40 no-go stimuli, in a pseudo-randomised order. The participants' performance were measured in four runs, representing each combination of the variables, consisting of the sex of the stimuli, i.e. whether the faces were male or female, and also the allocation of the correct response to each stimuli, i.e. whether the male or female stimuli was the target or non-target. In the second experiment, 27 of the 59 participants from the first experiment were invited back to take part for further testing. However, one participant was ultimately excluded due to an abnormally low performance, which meant that a total of 26 participants were analysed in the results. The second experiment used an fMRI scanner to measure the participants' brain activity while they completed a hot version of the go-no-go task. There were slight differences with this task compared to the hot go-no-go task from the first experiment. The second version consisted of each face being presented for 500 milliseconds, followed by jittered inter-trial intervals, which ranged in duration from 2 seconds to 14 and a half seconds before the next trial. A total of 48 trials were shown during each run, with 35 ghost stimuli and 13 no-go stimuli presented in a pseudo-random order. Responses were collected for both fearful and happy expressions in each run, resulting in 70 go trials and 26 no-go trials per participant. From the results gathered by the fMRI scanner, the researchers anticipated that load delays would show diminished brain activity in their right prefrontal cortex and amplified brain activity in their ventral striatum when compared with the high delay participants. Results The findings from experiment 1 showed no significant difference in reaction times for both the go and no-go tasks between low-delaying participants and high-delaying participants. Similarly, when comparing accuracy on the go trials in both the cool and hot tasks, both the low-delayers and high-delayers displayed no significant differences. However, the level of accuracy for the no-go trials was more varied, with low-delay participants making more errors than high-delay participants. Also, when directly comparing performance in the cool and hot tasks, it was found that both low and high delayers performed comparably on the cool task. However, on the hot task, the low delayers performed worse relative to the cool trials, whereas high delayers performed the same on both cool and hot tasks. Therefore, overall, the go-no-go task only produced differences in performance between the two delay groups when they were both in the hot condition, when the stimuli were happy faces and fearful faces. As with experiment 1, the second experiment showed that there was no significant difference in reaction times, and overall accuracy for go trials in the hot task were high. However, again, there was a more varied performance in the no-go trials in the hot task, with the 12.4% of all responses being wrong. A comparison of the low and high delayers' performance in the no-go trials of the hot task were consistent with the results from the first experiment, with low delayers making more errors than high delayers. The results from the fMRI scanner identified the regions of the brain associated with delay of gratification. The right prefrontal cortex was involved in accurately withholding a button press, i.e. delaying gratification. It was found that low delayers had a diminished level of activity in their right prefrontal cortex when they correctly responded to no-go trials relative to go trials, compared to high delayers who had more activity. In addition, the ventral striatum, which is associated with the feeling of reward, showed a significant difference in activity between low and high delayers with an elevated level of activity for low delayers during a no-go trial, when a stimuli was a happy face, compared to high delayers who had less activity. Conclusions Experiment 1 had shown that the go-no-go tasks only produced differences between the high and low-delaying groups of participants during the hot versions of the tasks, with low-delaying participants performing worse. 
Based on this, the researchers concluded that the individuals who had more difficulty in delaying gratification when they were younger found it more difficult to suppress their response to emotional cues, i.e. the happy faces that were shown in the hot task, compared to high-delaying individuals. Similarly, for the second experiment, the researchers found that high-delaying participants showed more activity in their right prefrontal cortex, an area associated with control, during the go-no-go task, compared to the low-delaying participants. The opposite was true for the ventral striatum, an area associated with the feeling of reward, with low delayers showing more activity than high delayers. This reinforced the researcher's overall conclusion that resistance to temptation, as measured by the initial delay of gratification task when the participants were children, was a relatively stable and reliable predictor of their neural structure later in life, in relation to motivational and control processes. Evaluations The study was a quasi-experiment, which meant that the independent variables were not manipulated, meaning the experiment was more ecologically valid, which also in turn made the results more generalisable. One possible disadvantage of this, however, is that it made it difficult to infer cause and effect, since there was a lower level of control over other variables. The study was longitudinal, taking place over four decades from when the participants were four years old to their mid-40s. A strength of this is that the researchers were able to analyse the relationship between delay of gratification when the participants were young, with the performance on go-no-go tasks by the same participants in the future, enabling researchers to make informed and useful conclusions about correlations between adult neural structure and delay of gratification. These conclusions were also backed up by empirical quantitative data in the form of analysis by an fMRI scanner in the second experiment. These enabled comparisons of the participants' brain activity to be made, It also made the research more reliable and easier to replicate, since the data was obtained in highly controlled conditions. The study also had a highly standardised procedure in the two experiments, involving a set number of go-no-go trials for each participant, and the trials were pseudo-randomised, to help control for any potential order effects regarding how the trials were presented. The original sample consisted of 117 participants who lived around Stanford in California. Although the sample was relatively easy to recruit, it did mean that the results were relatively ethnocentric, which means that we should be careful about generalising the study's results from people from other countries and socio-cultural backgrounds. 